that night, I really thought I was going to die. Ebola survivor, Dr. Kent Brantley. I was incredibly sick, dehydrated, and was having trouble breathing. And I looked at the nurse who was standing next to my bed, and I said, I don't know how you're going to breathe for me when I quit breathing. In this time of desperation, when all we know is doubt and fear. We talked with Dr. Kent Brantley and his wife, Amber, just about a year after he contracted Ebola. Kent and Amber are our guests on this episode of GPS, God, People, Stories. I'm Phil Fleischman. And I'm Jim Kirkland. In addition to listening to Kent and Amber's story here, you can also watch a documentary about Kent's ordeal. It's called Facing Darkness, and it's showing in theaters for one night only, March 30th. That is a Thursday evening. You can find the theater nearest you and buy tickets for the movie at FacingDarknessMovie.com. That's FacingDarknessMovie.com. Kent was working for Samaritan's Purse when he contracted Ebola. And a little later in this episode of GPS, you're going to hear from Samaritan's Purse president, Franklin Graham, who also, by the way, is president of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. I told um, Ken yesterday that he's responsible for one of the worst weeks of my life. (laughs) He said it wasn't much better for him. GPS. God. People. Stories. Before they knew each other, Kent Brantley and Amber Carroll each knew they wanted to be a missionary. We both uh, attended Abilene Christian University in Abilene, Texas, but we only overlapped there for one year, and we didn't meet during that year. So the summer after... I think you had a girlfriend during that year or something. Summer after I graduated. (laughs) I'm just going to blow right past that. (laughs) The summer after I graduated... um, I went on a mission trip with my church in Indiana to Honduras to work with some missionaries there. And they had three college students working as interns with them for the summer. And one of those interns was Amber Joy Carroll. That was in 2003. Amber was a pre-nursing student. Kent was getting ready to begin his prerequisites for medical school so he could become a doctor. I chose a career in medicine because I felt God calling me to be a missionary and I wanted some skill set that I could use to offer people tangible service in the name of Christ. So when we got married, we shared that calling. Kent and Amber got married in 2008. Five years later, they moved to the African nation of Liberia to serve in a small Christian mission hospital in Monrovia, the capital of Liberia. And we asked Amber if she had been enjoying their experience, if life had been good in Liberia. Yeah, it was. We had a lot of fun there. Um, I enjoyed our lifestyle there. There were some hard parts about it, but we really lived pretty comfortably. We had running water and electricity, pretty consistent electricity, really. And we lived and we lived on a beach in West Africa, and it was just gorgeous, and we beat eat fresh fruit and there were other things we you know watched out for like mosquitoes and snakes and normal missionary stuff i don't know but it wasn't long before their normal life started to get turned upside down just five or six months into our term there we heard about this ebola outbreak in guinea that very shortly after we heard about it had already spread across the border into northern liberia and within a week 
a case had come to the Monrovia area. There was just that one case for about two and a half months. But then, on June 11, 2014, Kent remembers the date, Ebola once again raised its head in Liberia. And this time, far more people were infected. Kent was busy at the hospital while Amber was getting ready to make a scheduled visit back to the United States. The kids and I left on July 20th to return to Texas for my brother's wedding, which my kids were in. And then my older brother was having his first baby at the same time. So we thought those two events deemed a trip back home. So we stuck with that. (laughs) The kids and I left and Kent planned to join us a week later. That never happened. Amber and the kids left Liberia for Texas. Then three days later, on July 23rd, Kent started showing symptoms of Ebola. My exposure came before Amber and the kids left, but I didn't get sick until after they left. So I wasn't contagious while they were around me. And we're really thankful for that. So I woke up feeling bad. I really thought that it was just an upset stomach from the pizza and Tabasco sauce I had eaten the night before. But there was just something wasn't right. I've been working in the world's worst Ebola outbreak for seven weeks. And I called my supervisor and said, I think I need to stay home this morning. And I'm sure it'll blow over by lunchtime. And he said, okay, call me back around lunchtime. Let me know how you're doing. And by noon, I had developed an increasing fever and was feeling worse and feeling fatigued. And it all kind of went downhill from there. Kent called Amber the next day. He called me on Thursday to tell me he was not feeling well and that we, he was going to have to wait the three-day quarantine period for them to test him again for Ebola. And so I knew, I knew he would be tested on Saturday, and I was waiting. I was waiting for his call. Amber was staying at her parents' when the call came. And he was just very matter-of-fact and very calm to tell me we got the test result back. And I'm positive for Ebola. So how did she take the news? Well, I'd like to say that I, you know, pulled up my big girl <laughs> panties, but I, <laughs> I cried a lot. I cried a lot because... I knew what that meant and what he had seen in the unit already. And immediately I'm wondering, how am I going to raise these kids on my own? Where will we live? And all the, you know, as a mom, you're always planning and thinking ahead. And I I can't stop that. But so that's where that's where I was immediately. Um, I'm thinking I'm facing the rest of my days without my husband and without my kid's dad. So I didn't take that out. Ebola produces horrific symptoms in its victims, and Kent experienced just about every one of them. The sickest I got was on Thursday, July 31st. And that night, I really, I thought I was going to die. I was incredibly sick, dehydrated, and was having trouble breathing and I looked at the nurse who was standing next to my bed and I said, I don't know how you're going to breathe for me when I quit breathing. 
because I, I thought I'm about to die of respiratory failure. They had no way to breathe for me. In this time of desperation, when all we know is doubt and fear. That episode of Labored Breathing says Kent, that was the darkest time physically of his entire Ebola ordeal. But he says it was not the darkest time spiritually. In fact, it was an incredibly good time spiritually. I was facing death, and my first and genuine response was, God, I know you can save me, but even if you don't, I want to be faithful. And that didn't come from me. It was a gift from God that I responded that way. I know that if it had been any other day, any other week, if it happened today, I may not respond the way that I did then. But God gave me what I needed to be faithful to him in that difficult time. And there, there's nothing spiritually dark about that. So the, the darkest spiritual moment for me is probably on this side of it in my recovery wrestling with the hard questions of why do I get to be evacuated to America and recover from this disease when other people have died and others are continuing to die still and wrestling with those things is much more challenging spiritually than the things that I went through with my illness. What about Amber? What was the darkest time spiritually for her? My answer is really similar to Kent's because I think it has been on this side of it that we've really been able to process and wrestle and ask those hard questions. And we have asked some hard questions, and I think we're going to be doing that for a long time. One of those hard questions is the why question. But Kent says they know that's not always the best question to ask. And sometimes it's better to ask the question, so what now? I may never have a satisfactory answer to why I got to live while so many other people died. But I am alive, and therefore I have a responsibility. I will answer the question of what are you going to do with your life now, whether I want to answer it or not. The way I live will answer that question. So that's, people ask me, do you have survivor guilt? And I say, no, I, I think I have survivor responsibility. And I've got to use my life in a way that's meaningful and helpful to other people. I want my life to count every breath. I want to live a dependent. Give you all that I am. Dr. Kent Brantley surrendered his life to Jesus Christ years ago. So he doesn't fear death now. Would you like to live with that same purpose and courage? We can help. Visit us at this website, findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories, a podcast production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. I told um, Ken yesterday, 
that he's responsible for one of the worst weeks of my life. <laughs> he said it wasn't much better for him. Kent Bradley's boss, Franklin Graham, on the experimental drug ZMAP that likely helped to save Kent's life. The ZMAP came by road, canoe, a Samaritan's Purse plane, and then a taxi, I guess, with someone from the Democratic Republic of the Congo and a, this trunk that's frozen to like 200 degrees below zero or something. And on that Thursday, when we thought Kent was not going to make it, and he didn't think he was going to make it, the Z-map was given. Whether it was the Z-map, whether it was prayer, whether it was the unit of blood that he received from that 14-year-old boy, whether it was any one of those or all of those, it's all because of God's hand. Because there is no hope outside of Him. These bodies we have, they're all going to quit one day. We're all going to face death one day. But do you know where you're going to spend eternity? Are you sure? If you're not, you can be sure today. You can call upon the name of our God and His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to put your faith and trust in Him. He loves us. He does. And now back to the hosts of GPS, Jim Kirkland and Phil Fleischman. Dr. Brantley's Ebola experience is the focus of the new documentary film, Facing Darkness. It also tells the story of Dr. Brantley's colleague and fellow Ebola survivor, Nancy Wrightbull. And Franklin Graham is also in the movie. As a matter of fact, uh, he gets pretty teary-eyed when he talks about the stress of trying to care for Kent and Nancy from thousands of miles away. Facing Darkness is showing in theaters for one night only, Thursday, March 30th. You can find theaters near you and buy tickets online at facingdarknessmovie.com. That's facingdarknessmovie.com. I'm Phil Fleischman. Thanks for listening to this episode of GPS, God, People, Stories. Thank you indeed. I'm Jim Kirkland. We also want to thank the Newsboys for contributing some of their music to this episode of GPS. GPS, God, People, Stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news. That's how you change the world.